Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things West Bromwich Albion. My name's Brad, otherwise known as Albion Insights. And as always, I'm joined by amazing co-host Alfie from the Baggies Bible. Today, we've got the first special episode of the Albion Social, hopefully the first of many. And we're joined by a special guest, John. So, John, would you like to introduce yourself, please, mate? How do you do? Name's John, as per usual. And uh, <laughs> if you don't know me, at Simonian, you know, at underscore Simonian. That's a Twitter handle. But uh, yeah, um, cheers for having me on, lads. Known Alpha for years. Known Alpha for years. <laughs> you go back way back. Way, way back, back two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nah, cheers for having me on, lads. We'll be absolutely yeah. yapping away today. Well, thank you for coming on. And um, today, what we're going to be doing is just looking at the season so far and just giving our opinion, as always, <laughs> on players, Carlos, the upturn of form, and just comparing it really to maybe last season and just, just going through and giving our opinion and um, waffling a little, a little bit as well. More as than usual. Can't be a bit of waffling. Um, <laughs> so, Alf, do you want to get us started just by going through... How we started the season, how you think we started, how how good we've turned into Carlos in in our football. Just giving your opinion on the season so far. Yeah, season so far. I mean, it's been uh, it's been, it's been fairly up and down, isn't it? Really, we started off a little bit weird, a little bit middling. Um, obviously, that opening day defeat. I wasn't very happy about that at all. Um, and it was it felt quite damaging, I thought, at the start, at the very start. And it felt like, well, where are we gonna go with this? Where are we gonna go? But um yeah, I mean we, we stabilized pretty much straight away, didn't we? Going into mm. Swansea at home. So didn't lose for three games. Obviously went to Leeds away, which uh it felt like a big draw at the time. Big, big draw. Mm. But um yeah, I think it has turned out that way with how Leeds have come back up into it. And uh, yeah, since since then we had a few middling games, but since that big game against Preston, we've been we've been top quality, top quality. So um, I think you, you you can only look back positively, to be honest, over the the last uh, what is it, sixteen games? Very mm. positive for me. Mm. I think <clears throat> looking back at the results now, it seemed a lot worse at the time than what it actually was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say I think you look at the likes of picking points up against Leeds and beating Middlesbrough and Swansea at the time. I think it's more so the performances. I mean, we were having to score essentially three goals to have a chance at, a chance at winning the game, weren't we, basically. Yeah. So, fair play to Carlos for, for looking at that. I mean, John, how, how would you see, how, how did we change that at the time? How did we go from conceding so many goals and that upturning form after Huddersfield? For me, it was recognising what player suits what formation. I think you saw he went with what we went with last season with 4-3-3 and he thought you know what, I'll give Cedric and Ajoy a chance and see how they do. And I think Black again, like Blackburn was, was was wasn't a really awful performance I thought. I thought there was elements of it I liked. Like the Phillips goal was a great build-up goal and you can see the initial startings of what CC wanted to do. You know, he wanted it Fast out in, he, 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 he's happy for Phillips to do go on the outside, go on the inside. He don't mind that. Same, same, same with Swift. I think Swift. He wanted Swift in that that little zone there, a little wide to inside zone. And he's and ever since he's taken on that role, he's actually been class. 
I think he's been quality. He's he stepped up. Shame about the injury at Blues Light, but I think it, um, you saw a little bit of what he wanted to do. It was just really silly mistakes. And then I think since then you saw he's gone five at the back. He's put Cedric in the middle. He's got the left footer on the left and he's got now Bartley on the right. And I think having Cedric in the middle, he's primed now. He's got the confidence. He's gone, you know what? I'm going to have a run out now. I'll, I'll have a run out. I've got progression here. And every time he does it, and every time he pings a ball out 45 yards, starting attacks, it's getting us up there quicker. And it, it, it's class to see. Because everyone said to him at the start, goes, oh, and me. And I said this to him. So I was like, nah, no good. Yeah. Get it, get, no way. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I think... I was in the same boat as well, to be honest. Yeah. I, I was looking at Kipper, thinking he went out on loan last season. Obviously, he, he wasn't deemed good enough, albeit by Steve Bruce. Um, he he come, in, come back into the team, individual mistakes and errors again at the start of the season. And mm. I'll be, I, I, did, I did write him off as well. I think most people do. So, exactly. And f- fair play to him for having that, that. I think we mentioned this before, Alf, as well, like the, the mental fortitude to, yeah. to carry on and say, well, he has trust in me, Carlos has trust in me, the players have trust in me. I'm going to keep on going and I want to prove all of them wrong. And, and he's been probably the standout player this season so far for me. Yeah, mm. I'd, I'd say he's been probably one of the best centre-halves in the Championship. I feel like mm. a lot of our individual performers are going under the radar in terms of general Championship per- perception, if you know what I mean. And uh, I, I don't mind that at all, I must say. I, I like that. Um, mm. But yeah, I think he's Kipre. And I, I really liked him when he had that little run under Val. Um, uh, in the back three, I thought he looked really good, and then it kind of like it kind of fizzled out, didn't it? And Carlos came in and kind of dropped him out. Not Carlos, Bruce came in and uh, dropped him out, and then obviously Bruce shipped him out. Well, um, I, I think he was always there for Kipre. I really do, and um, I think Carlos has been. I think we've said it before, even Brad, that Carlos was cooking it up from Blackburn in like before Blackburn, and Blackburn was kind of his notice to say oh we've got a few more few more issues to iron out and i think i think he can split up our first 16 games into two eights well not probably about in half up to millwall at home and he felt like like you say it felt worse than it was but you were like what's what we're doing here what are we doing and then all of a sudden you saw what carlos wanted to do preston away and then since then um it's like he's been working on this since Blackburn. Mm-hmm. This is what he wants us to do. And, uh, yeah, I think we've said it before. This We're seeing what Carlos wants to do. And uh, I'm looking forward, to be honest, to, to the rest of the season. And as we said uh, in our last episode, Brad, about the, the players coming back, I'm excited, Brad. I'm excited. And we're cooking. We're cooking. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if you look at what Carlos actually inherited as well. Like it's essentially a bare bones squad. If if you look, look look at the depth that we have, I mean, yeah, the, the midfielder we do have a bit of depth, but you look at the back, I think centre halves we've seen already, but one or two injuries and we're we're in, in the trench essentially. Yeah. <laughs> so he's had no investment, no financial backing, and he's implemented the style of football, he's stuck with it. And we, we don't see what happens beyond behind the scenes. We don't see that the personalities of players like like Chalaber and Kipre, and obviously he has trust in these players and he's stuck with them. 
and obviously more so Kipro, but Ch- Chalo has impressed me in recent weeks as well. And he's another player that I sort of writ off at the start of the season that he does he doesn't want to be here. You c- can see it on his face he doesn't want to be after what happened at Stoke as well. And fair play to Chalaber as well and Carlos for sticking with his players and obviously sticking with the philosophy as well. Mm. I agree with that, to be honest. I think there's been upturns in the loads of players like Yamoa, who's just come back and he's just mercurial now. He's just <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> he's set everything up. The passing's quick. He's like, you know what, I'm not taking my time here. Get it out. And a prime example was Saturday, man. He came on straight away. He turned his man, passed out wide straight away. Whereas I think Chalaber on... Saturday was very, I think he was trying to do safety safe passes, but then again, he got clattered, and I don't think he ever recovered from that. So, I think Moat is one of them that I think has properly come on. I think it's confidence. I think what Colbrun has done is saying, Look, you can play, yeah, you've got the, you've got the ability, you've got Grady, you've got the ability, just go and play. And that's yeah. what he's built, he's building that mentality. Because even though a 1 0 down to Southampton, we didn't stop how we were playing. Like, yeah. whereas early season there was a drop, like Blackburn, there was a drop. Like yeah. you, you, you just literally saw the not. Oh God's sake! Like you know, there wasn't, there wasn't a kick on. Like you know, Southampton scored their goal on Saturday, but apart from that and the second goal, they didn't really have a lot because yeah. what we did is just retaliated and went, ah, we're gonna keep coming. Do we don't care now? We'll keep coming, and it worked. You know, should have probably had more than one goal. He's had two or three, but it is what it is. And but it's the first time I've ever come away from a away game in how many years of following Albion, where I've everyone has just got up and just applauded them off the field. But I've I haven't it's been years since that. Yeah, well, I think it's it's uh, the product of what Carlos has been building, and it feels like yeah. that was the. Uh, the climax of the first 16 games of the season. And uh, yeah, I think it feels good. It feels really good about, like I say, Carlos will be building that slowly, slowly, slowly. And, um, you know, you say about how it felt when he was building it, the first uh, eight or so games of the season, and it felt a bit patchy and stuff. And the, But then this is the just rewards. This mm-hmm. is the just rewards. And I think you say about Moet, I think it feels like a season of remontadas, man. It's like Kipre and Moet, Diagana, even Chalabar. Um, it's like they're, they're like four new signings, really, mm. for nothing. Um, and after, I agree with what you say, John, about it's about, it's, it's Dan's Carlos. It's, it's fully yeah. Dan's Carlos. Obviously, these players were there. These players have always had it in their locker. Do you know what I mean? I think you saw it for a bit with Moat under Val. You've, we've obviously seen what Grady can do. Chalobah's been good in patches throughout his career. And uh, Kipre, obviously, he was class for Cardiff last season. So mm-hmm. it was just a matter of, can you unlock these players? And uh, I think the big thing is as well, these are all different players from different backgrounds in different situations and different personalities. It's not like mm. they're all the similar kind of player and he's done the same thing. He's clearly approached these, you know, four players in different ways, in specialised ways, and worked his magic. And I think it speaks, you know, speaks massively to his quality as a coach, not as not even just as a coach, as a, as a man, as a man manager. Mm. He's, a, he, he's top quality. He's top quality. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I mean... If you look at 
what he's done with the squad this season, I think after those first few games, he looked at the squad and sort of dissected it and realised that he's gone from back to front and said, okay, we need to sort the defence, sort the midfield and sort our forwards out. And he's gone through and built a system which is bespoke to the players that he has has at his disposal. I mean, the, the roles that he's created for Phillips and Swift especially, I don't think a lot of managers would see that. I mean, I, I didn't see having Swift sort of coming off the left wing and being sort of pivotal player to our season, but we've really missed him in the past few games, I think. Yeah. Mm. I think we've had the players come in like Grady's upturning form and um, Jed's been much better the last couple of games, but yeah. I think if we had Swift, then the, those results where Southampton, we may come away with something else rather than zero points. So I think we said in the last episode as well how important Swift is. He's still topping the attacking metrics a lot of them since since his injury so that the, it's just crazy numbers and i'm just so excited for him to come back after the international break yeah definitely. yeah i think, I think one yeah. of the most like, concerning things um is probably the drop off in form for Yukusta and malumbi i think <laughs> if, you, if you looked at last season those were the two midfield pairings where there was never going to get dropped no and to look now and think that neither of them could actually get into the starting eleven, we have a lot of Morris and Chalabar, who are arguably having better seasons than both of them. It, it's just a crazy realization. I thought I thought Yukushi played quite well on Saturday. I thought he recycled the mm. ball quite well, and that's probably one of his best games he's had this season. Well, yeah, maybe even longer than that, but that's probably his best game he's had this season because you. you, you didn't waste time because you saw a lot of games, especially at home, where he does take, kind of take his time and before he makes a pass. But I think Southampton, he thought he, re- I think he realised I've got to, it's got to be sprayed mm. out quicker. Yeah, be a bit quicker. Yeah. Malumbi is like a terrier. Terrier. He put it. He's not a starter for me. I think he was decent in 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 a in a in a run of form he had last season, but he wasn't like the the, the out ball when he got to the edge of the box. He just wasn't there. It was. Yeah. It was just he didn't have that vision. He didn't have the quality. But you add in a mower who's now reinvigorated. He's got the quality to do that. And then you've got Swift coming off. I mean, I'd love to see Swift mower and Yock in the same same team with with Grady as well. I think that'd be an absolute attacking force. That would. I think I think I've I've been saying that to my to my friends for ages like. Get Swift, Mowat, Yock, all in. Get them all in. Yeah. Because the way Carlos is playing, it's fluid. There ain't, there's, it's set as a system going in. But if you watch the game, it's not in the same position. The reason why he probably puts Phillips as a wing back, because he's probably a, a winger. He'll put... Yeah. And then they'll just shift over. You can yeah. see them all just shifting over. And it's, it's very clever. And it's very what we needed. Not just a block... Do the same thing over again, okay, Bruce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, Defo. I mean, we had that patch, like you say, where Phillips was left wing back, but it, and then it kind of formed into a four four two, with um, it would have been Swift coming inside, and then and Wallace on the other side, where it was like four four two and uh, switching back to that five. It's, it's that's what Carlos is all about, and yeah. it's what he's all about. But I think you go. Yeah, I like the you know Yakushli and Malumbi. It shows how quickly things can change in a season, and you know it's funny because you're looking at the games now, 
and it, they all feel so long ago and you know they it feels like such a long 16 games but it's not is it when you think of how things change and how mm. good swift was for example and then he's been out what like he must be about five six games i think um that's so that's such a short space of time do you know what i mean and how quickly things can change uh you know Malubi could make it make another run for the first team yeah um, but that's how things, uh, how quickly things have changed. But yeah, I agree that you could live. I thought at the start of the season, he was absolutely torrid, to be honest. Not even like bad. I thought he was absolutely garbage. Um, but it was, but he's, his strengths were still good. His tackling and his breaking up play was still there. It was just, he just couldn't pass a ball. Yeah. Um, but I think that's maybe his, his weakness in general. And uh, like you say, John, about him passing the ball faster. Yeah. Uh, that's probably why he looks a bit better. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I just feel like Yakushi, he can't receive the ball with his back to play um, and have to turn around to pass the ball off because he hasn't got that mobility. And that's where you see the midfields of Chalabra and Yakushlu. That's where it, it comes a bit unstuck because you stick Moe in there and like you say, he can receive the ball and uh turn and spray the ball left right wherever yeah. you want to put it or carry the ball that's what you're lacking when you've got a you know you're playing a yukushlu chalaba midfield or even a yukushlu malumbi midfield as like you say john he's malumbi's he comes up short when he gets a bit further at the pitch so um yeah i, I, I think yukushlu is getting it back um and i think yukushlu is one of the best midfielders in the championship um, on his day yeah uh, i think you will we'll see that in the next uh, yeah. 16 games until our next review <laughs> i think you said like we said it on uh, on our last part it's moa and for me it's moa and someone else the, the someone else can be horses for courses whoever's needed obviously you kushlu um if you kushlu's on his game then it's moa and you kushlu every day of the week um, obviously, Chalabas come come into the fold a little bit. Uh, he's shown what he can do, uh, and obviously Malumbi, I, I really like Malumbi. So it's a it's probably a funny one because of how thin our squad is. We've got probably four centre midfielders that could start for over two positions. Um, it's a it's a nice headache to have, I think. But yeah, I think you've got to nail it down. Mowat, um, you're the man for the midfield. And then whoever's going to be playing next year, <laughs> they better play well, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I think it still probably will be Kushley for me. I just think he's got the experience to back him up. Whereas, it, I don't know, it's hard because Chalabas come in, then then you've got your Kushley now coming into form now. Yeah. So it's like. I don't know. I think he'll do the safe option and just keep with Yukushlu just because he's got the experience. He'll sit there and just guard that central zone in between the centre-backs. So, that's why I think he'll stick with Yukushlu. But, I mean, I'll probably get pedals for this, but I'd love to have seen Garden Rickman next to Moet. Oh, yeah. I, I would have as well, mate. I would have as well. I love is, TGH. Because, because now at Bristol, he's in the middle of a two. Yeah. The one next to him. 
And he's got is, it, is, he, is he gone into midfield now? I know yeah. he's starting at right back a lot. Pearson started before. him at right back, and I think since and now he's slipped in. Since then, the new manager's come in. He's put him in at centre mid now. Yeah. Now he's, he's really. Yeah. Oh, I was. Yeah, he gets was... he gets pelters, man. He gets yeah. pelters. Everyone just says, "Oh, he has one good game at Coventry, and he's no longer good after that." And I'm thinking, <sighs> "Well, not though." I've seen him on so many occasions. He's come on, used the ball yeah. well, and spraying yeah. and spraying it like no, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking, well, it's it's funny. I always love that uh, one good game at Coventry argument because he had he, that caused like a little domino effect of a few good games that he had. After yeah. that, where I know, and before that, before the commentary game, he played right wing back against Hull at home, and he looked good then as well. So it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it's frustrating. frustrating. It's frustrating. frustrating. And the fact um, that the fact that we allowed such a pathetic, yeah, fee in that loan yeah. is. Oh. And I saw obviously Cox and Chapman were saying that Carlos thinks they're likely to, you know, trigger it. It's a shame. It is a shame because I think he's a player with a lot of potential. But I think it's a good thing that, don't get me wrong, I would have loved to see him in this side, but we're not missing him. No, because we're not. Four good players in the centre. And uh, the only thing I think you could say maybe missing is maybe he could have slotted into that Swift role. I know it's a big ask. I'm not saying he would have produced the goals and produced the assists that he did, but I would say you're looking at TGH would be as close to Swift when he went out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but then again, I don't. Yeah, I don't I think, think he's very much so. Carlos said just before he went on loan, he said, "I think I see him more as a centre attacking mid." Yeah, he doesn't see him as a, a an eight or a six. He sees him as a, a like a number ten. He sees him that in that little hole because he said he thinks he's got the quality. And it's pre season or not, he started a few games in pre season in the camp. And lo and behold, yeah. in a couple of games, I'm sure in the one game, you've got two goals, and one yeah, of them is an absolute yeah. perler from the cam position. So I think there was potential there. Again, off the field stuff. <laughs> probably what's probably forced his hand a little bit and gone, you know what? They're going to pay his wages. They're going to yeah. get a fee at the end. You know, it's yeah. going to give some money back to us. Touch with I, that I, changes. I, think that as well. I mean, I think I put something out just after he went on loan that said that. He played the most minutes in pre-season out of all the midfielders, which was also a strange decision from yeah. me. But I think, like you said as well, John, he is quite similar to Mowat. So has Carlos looked at that and said, well, well, higher up as well. We can free up his wages, which wouldn't even be a lot, but we have a sort of player profile that's quite similar to him in, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that, that that's probably what's behind the decision? I'd say so. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. I mean... Yeah, it's a similar profile. Like I say, I think, and like you say, John, I'd like to see him a bit further at the pitch, as we saw him a little bit in pre-season. But um, I'm glad he's doing well, to be honest. That's that's all that matters, isn't it? I mean, yeah, we're starting to get a little bit of a pattern for producing players who go on to play in the in the top four divisions of English football. So um, it only reflects well on us. We're getting a little bit of money. Don't get me wrong, I would love for him to stay, but... It's not meant to be, is it? It's not meant to mm. be. Mm. It is a shame. It is a shame. You mm. saw, you saw it in a like, you know, Reading away man, class in that little role where mm. he was just box to box in, and he scored an absolute another perler from a, what? What was it? Twenty yards edge of the box, yeah. smashed it. Yeah, yeah. I tell you what, he can hit them with power. I've seen him. He can. 
training mm. bids as well. He, he can he can hit the ground with balls. He ain't, he ain't shy at hitting them, right? But yeah. No, I, I agree with what Alfa. I think it's because of merit. It's it's because of merit, man. I think it's just he's gone. Look, I've got someone similar, in Swoy. Yeah. Okay. We need the finances. Touch with that changes, boy, Jan. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah. Well, I think you look at the season overall and you think it's quite, quite a positive start to the season. Obviously, there's been a lot of negativity around Carlos as well with the Albion Boo Boys that we've mentioned a few times on a few occasions. I, I know how we all feel about that. <laughs> oh, believe um, me, I sit around them and it's the most pathetic thing I've ever said the, in my life. The lowest point of the season, in my opinion, was probably Huddersfield so far. I think yeah. there's arguments, obviously, you said Millwall as well, but I think the, the manner in which we lost that game with a 96-minute um, goal for Huddersfield... Going into international break, it was just such a low low point for me personally, and I think it that was where it sort of turned around. If if you look, I've, I've put a post on before where yeah. you, you you look at the data from pre international break, September international break to post, and there's less goals conceded per ninety, less shots conceded, less shots on target conceded. We improved aerially, whether that was because of Bartley coming to the side more than likely, but. The numbers just increased and improved so much from pre-international break to post-international break. Yeah, what would you say is probably your lowest point of the season so far? I think you got to go Huddersfield, like you say. Um, it was, yeah, I think it's got to be Huddersfield because it was a little bit up and down before then, but it was tolerable. And then we we actually, you know, we went Swansea, we won, uh, we went to Leeds and Drew, and then we. Beat Hudders, uh, Huddersfield, Middlesbrough at the Hawthorns, which was like a really good win. And then we had Huddersfield, and it would, it just felt like it was such a good opportunity to kick on, um, especially with the the games after it, um, to properly get some form going. And that would have been you know four and unbeaten and whatever. And obviously Huddersfield are pretty terrible. It should be in other field anyway. Um, but yeah, 96 minute uh, loser, you'd call it. Got in, got in. But yeah, and like you say, since then, since then, I mean, we've we've only conceded six goals since then. And that was, that was what, yeah, start of September. We're in November now. So well, yeah. um, I suppose you can look at a low moment as a turning point, as you say. Mm. I'll probably go with this field as well, to be honest. I think it was frustrating because we'd come off a high and then it was just that, I wouldn't say we played bad, but it was just like Maja missed that one-on-one and then a minute later, Rodoni just (laughs) smashes it in. I'm just like, oh, God. It was just frustrating. On another day, we win that 2-1. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd actually retract that. I think Blackburn was probably Marlowe's. I think it was just shocking. Like You thought he's had a whole pre-season Summer players are going to be up for it, and then we just looked so sloppy and like didn't really look like we had much yeah. of a me- me- mentality of oh we can get back in this, and there was just not wasn't much quality. It was very huff and puff at times, and I just thought oh no not this again. But yeah. I but I'd probably go Blackburn's probably mine. I just thought he was awful in that game. Yeah, I mean I do agree. I was gutted after that. Because you feel it's just the start of a new season and you're feeling all positive and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then it's just like, get smashed by Blackburn away. 
I mean, did I even? I don't. I remember that game. I don't actually think. I think Blackburn played okay, but I don't yeah. think they were absolutely ripping us apart. Well, right? that we gave them both their goals. Yeah, didn't it was a two was passes a out, two goals, wasn't it? Really, wasn't it? And they got Blues as well. Oh, but Blues. Oh it's funny because Blues away, it didn't feel that bad. Did we bad. lose that? Well, might have <laughs> Did we lose that? I still don't think we lost that because it's just one of the craziest. Yeah, that decision. But no, I'm, not, uh, I'm not even going with that decision. Uh, it's a it's a sore one, man. But if it, it, it's funny because you, I'm looking at the fixture list and it sticks out as one that should hurt you a lot more. But it, it didn't because we played well and yeah. we were, you know, you could tell we were on the up and we got robbed. So, but it definitely goes third, third for me. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I mean, you know, you're only picking out a handful of bad moments. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's really positive, to be honest. Yeah. I think another sort of positive stat as well is since international break, we've kept seven clean sheets. Which is all of our clean sheets since the start of the season. Like to to go from conceding the goals that we were, like the individual errors, that maybe the tactical setup had probably an issue with it switching from the the four to a five as well. To to have those seven clean sheets is like a testament to Carlos how he set up with the, with the team. It, I understand that it's quite pragmatic, maybe not frustrating football, um, especially at the first couple of games after the international break, but. I think you, you could see the football that Carlos wanted to play. Yeah. And but you had the fans which looked at it as this is just boring hmm. <laughs> essentially and it, it's not good enough. And it's always difficult when you you're not picking up the results that you think you should be getting as well. And there was so so much pressure on people like Jed and Carlos to, to pick get these results. And no, you 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 see the sort of the mentality in the team, it, it, everyone's together. And I, I don't understand still the negativity around Carlos and these type of players, especially with what happened with the Conor Townsend over the weekend as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, we went over it, didn't we? And it's disappointing. It's disappointing. There's no need for it, man. No need at all. If, any, if anything, <laughs> the one who's at fault for that goal would probably say Furlong because stop the cross. That's all I, yeah, I kept no, saying. I said, yeah. I said at a time watching, I said stop the cross. Like, yeah, but that's what is exactly what you're yeah. saying, Brad. And it's 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 that goal. You can uh, you can distribute it, the blame to anyone you want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you could even no, say yeah. you could say Palmer, why didn't you come and claim it or something stupid like that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, stuff like that. It's just like, but no, Connor Townsend. Obviously, I think he's become a little bit of a scapegoat as such. I would scapegoat's probably a bit strong, but. um He's not he's he's not one that people like very much and I think people just uh single you out for those kind of things. But I mean I do I agree with the sentiment, you know, I don't think he was very good. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's needless, man. And I said yeah. it on, on, on Twitter, it's just with Carlos has worked so hard to build uh what he's built in terms of bringing the club back together under such uncertain times. And then you just got people doing that stuff. It's just, it's just uh, contradictory in it. Do you know what I mean? It's for some of the mm. fans that just have to have someone to blame. It's yeah. that. It's that. Oh, do you know what we lost? Because it's his fault. It's, it's not. It's, it's just elements of each goal that we, if we concede one, like you know, last week again, everyone would go, oh, Carlos, what's Connor Carlos? What's he doing? <laughs> no, 
if you look at the actual goal, who's the one that should have been tracking him back? And it's Matt Phillips. You know, yeah. he, he didn't even look, you know what I mean? But he's not a wing-back, so he's not going to. So, it, it, you know, there's fundamentals that fans have got to consider before just going, it's his fault, blame him, let's tweet him. Like, it, there's, there's no need. Like, I just, I'm sick of seeing it now. Every week, like, just get on with it. Just fear the fact that, okay, Saturday we lost, but yeah. we shouldn't have lost. Blues, you know, referees, less said the better. But, like, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating. Like, the, it's, the fans have got to just be patient. That's, that's, I think that's the big thing, isn't it? Patience. And, like, like I say, uh, how Carlos has built it up over the season. That is all required patience, and now we're going to yeah. need more patience because he's still building it. Do you know what I mean? It's not we're not yeah. a finished product. We're not, you know, we're not about to win the league or anything. So he's still got work to do. He's still got building to do, and uh, mm. you need to be patient with him and bide your time with him and trust him. That's the big thing. Trust him. Um, he tr- he trusts himself and he trusts his players. So we have to repay that and trust him. That's all there is to it. Definitely, and I mean, if if you look at our start to the season now compared to last season, it's su- such a swing in like performance and mentality. I mean, we had one win in thirteen and under, under Bruce, languishing at the bottom of the league, and it's essentially the, the same side that Carlos has inherited. Yeah, are not losing O'Shea, who was arguably our most pivotal player, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So to lose your best player who at the time you thought, well, he can't really be replaced. Obviously, he has no boy Kipre of sorts. But to lose your best player, to have the same squad with no financial backing, Carlos has done a brilliant job. And he's now actually give us a bit of hope, which I didn't have before the season, of actually having a punt at playoffs coming into the season. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I think that's that's the thing, isn't it? Looking forward, um, I back us. And, you know, we're playing, you know, we've said many times about the fixture list. It's a scary one, but I back us against Ipswich at home. I back us against Leicester at home. Anyone at home, bring them, bring them to the Hawthorns. And I back us, man. I back us fully. But it's just, uh, it's just the away form in it. Obviously, it's been, it's been remedied pretty massively, really. Um, mm. But it's just, we need to get, a good two or three wins on the trot. Um, it's a tough ask with the fixtures we've got, but I think that's all you're looking for now um, to be going away and winning, you know, a few times in a row to say, listen, we're here, we're here and we're not going away. So I think that's what we're looking for after this international break, especially. Yeah. yeah I think just, just to touch on that as well, like with the home form, We've only lost one game at home this season in in the league, yeah. which is just an insane stat, really. I know it's only been like eight games, but <laughs> <laughs> some of the opposition opposition that, that that we've had at the Hawthorns, trying to lose one game is brilliant. I mean, if you look at our our away form prior to maybe like Huddersfield, I think it was like two wins in fourteen games or something yeah. away. So, I mean, we're still sort of mid table on form away from home, but he has remedied that in the in the fact that we can go away now and we're not so negative and thinking we're going to lose straight away. I mean, yeah. if you went to Southampton away last season, <laughs> I would have had no hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
that's a, that's a yeah. nightmare thinking that is. I don't even think about <laughs> Bruce Bruce taking us to Southampton away. Yeah. Jesus I Christ. Would have been yeah. <laughs> I'd have ended up on the hub, man. No, you go into these games against Saints and like I say, um, we've got Cardiff, haven't we? Who have obviously been doing well. Um, very well. Surprisingly very well. I can't believe they're doing quite so well. Um, oh, but, well, that's a uh, hold on a second, buddy. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd completely back us to go to Cardiff. Don't know what they call the stadium anymore, to be honest. Um, but I'll back, them to go, I'll back us to go there and win. And you, you tell me that. I mean, when was Preston? Like a month ago, a month and a half ago. Tell me that a month and a half ago. I back us to win away, like against anyone. Like that's that's such a massive step towards our goal in in general. And uh, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of Carlos head patting going on in this uh, in this podcast. But I'll carry on patting his head because he deserves it. He does. He does. Like, go. I remember going into the Preston game and thinking, oh Jesus, yeah. what's, what's this going to be? Because we just never look confident in the way form, but. I think Carl. I think that game, Carlos has realised he can change it because mm-hmm. since then, a lot of the away games he's changed it. He's not gone with the same team. Like Preston, he went with Jed and Dean Garner up front, which it worked perfectly. Like it just, it, we just absolutely all over Preston all game, and then Coventry, he completely changed it up and then put Pippa on the right, and he was he. And do you know what? He was actually class in that game because he was up and down, up and down, and he almost could—he could have got a couple of goals in the first half. But yeah. there's, a, there's an element here of Carlos doesn't want to just sit on his laurels. He wants to be able to change, change it to whatever that he sees fit would be fit for that game and against that team. And in Southampton, he did go with pretty much what he did against Hull, but he, no one expected Moet not to play, so. Which probably came into Saints thinking because what you mentioned before the Saints game was they can't play through the middle very, very well, and you saw that on Saturday. They can't play through the middle, so he probably thought Chalaber's got the technical ability to get it through the middle a bit quicker. So it was one of those where he's changed it and it's worked, and he's gone. You know what, Moa. Let's get you on now. Let's get a bit more pace through that middle. And it worked. So that's been Carlos's big thing, I think, since Preston. He's been noticing, right, actually, I can change this. I don't want to just go into every single away game the same. It's actually came where he's able to, the ability to change it, which is what we've needed. Not Bruce just going to the same team home and away. Not Val doing the same team home and away. You know, there's there's the abilities to change it, which is what's been required for our players. I think the players wanted that as well, man. That's all they wanted. Yeah, I think that there's probably that was one of the criticisms of Carlos maybe last season, start of this season, yeah. which we touched on last episode, where <clears throat> he wasn't making the subs at the right times, or he wasn't making the right substitutions. He wasn't setting up maybe well, wasn't setting up correctly in our in our type of view. But he's really adapted, I would say, in, in the last nine, ten games where he's more fluid with the team that he picks, with the substitutions that he makes. He's more 
aggressive mm. and on the front foot, on the front foot, I would say. I think he, he was a bit too pragmatic and a bit too sensible sometimes. He didn't go for the games. He, yeah. didn't, he, didn't, he didn't put a foot on the game and go, okay, we'll be going for this here. And I think after we conceded the second goal at Saints, maybe if that was last season, would we have seen the mentality to try and come back again and try and score another goal? But would we have seen that? I, I don't think so. I think he would have maybe kept Chalabron or only brought Moat on maybe the 70th, 80th minute. But yeah. he made that change. He realised that the way he set up probably wasn't the best to attack the game. And I, I, I think, again, we're just head-tapping Carlos. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's just a, a brilliant man-manager, a brilliant tactical manager now. He, he's showing that as well. And he's the best asset to our club at the moment, I would say. Oh, yeah, 100%. definitely is. He's, he's central to our club. He said it a few podcasts back. He's, it's impressive that he's... To me, like the heartbeat of West Bromwich Albion Football Club. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's as simple as that. To be honest, he is that important um, to us and to the club and to the players as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you can overstate. You know how much he means to us and how important he is to our club. To be honest. Yeah, I agree. I mean. You know, he hasn't had a budget for the last two, well, two windows he's had. He hasn't had a budget or anything. He hasn't had anything to work with. And what would in, what will interest me, Touchwood is still here, though, but what would interest me here is next summer, if it is going to go to plan, and it is the fact that we are going to be under new ownership by January, you know, Touchwood, everything would. Yes, hopefully. Then <laughs> I'd like to see what he does there, because I think you will see a lot of change. And I know for a fact there is a lot of out-of-contract players next summer, which are key. Like, you know, your Adam Reaches are out-of-contract players that we just, they're not going to play, let's face it. And to be honest, there's, there's players like Peters and Bartley, they're out-of-contract as well. So, yeah, it's having a bit of, a little bit of money to play with and he's going to be wanting those players originally that he wanted not to say that like, some like Sarmiento wasn't what he wanted, because I, I generally think he's going to be a good player. I think he came on against Saints and some of the crossing he was doing, on the money. Like that one where it, it, it literally was a perfect cross for someone just to head it in. And yeah. I don't know how Bazunu saved it, but he again, <laughs> he's another one that's like, he's not had a run of games or he hasn't had dominates. There probably was... Brighton probably would have been expecting really but again what well, I saw someone mention a very good point I don't think Lukaku started with us until you know around about this time it was around about November December is when he actually came into the team and yeah. actually started so I think from Jan when Dean Garner goes to the Afcons I think you'll see Sarmiento play a lot more yeah. even though Fellows to start because I think Fellows yeah. has got such such good delivery and yeah. you know, the rumours are just rumours. Yeah, he, he's probably like a, an agent, like you know, pokey poke. You know, can I have a new contract, please? I want to stay, not I yeah. want to go. It's just yeah, it's just, that's, that's 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 just football, man. That's what the agents do. But <laughs> I think Sarmiento is going to be key come Jan. I, yeah, he'd be a great player. I think people forget it's a forty-six game season, isn't it? And uh, we're sat here talking after sixteen. Great and, to uh, go. 
yeah, thirty to go, and it feels like, like I say, like I said earlier, it's you know you're only sixteen games in, but it feels like a long old time, man. It feels like a long time since the start of that season. So, so you know, people obviously want Sarmiento to play, Fellows to play, Malumbi hasn't been playing too much, Pippa, um, you know. It, there's there's a lot of games left to play. We're going to need all of these players, guaranteed, guaranteed. Obviously, like you say, uh, Dean Garner may well be going off in January to to Afcon. Semi definitely will be. Um, so you're going to need to call on some players, aren't you? And uh, that's that's the uh, that's what you're waiting for. Obviously, Sarmiento, he probably has deserved a little bit more than he's got. I, I wouldn't go much further than that to be honest and uh, like I said on the last podcast I'd I'd be putting fellows above him in the pecking order to be honest um, for a few reasons uh, but yeah I think we'll see loads of Sarmiento with loads of him because um, Carlos clearly likes him he was clearly Carlos's signing so I think there's a lot to come from him to be honest I think he's a cracking player to be honest I just think just such good ability there's flashes of what we saw in Pereira, like the way he just moves the ball so like easily, like it's brilliant. He just yeah. needs a yeah. run of games. Just needs a run of games. Just give him a run of games from Jan. I think that's like the precedent of his career so far, isn't it? Like <clears throat> picking up the injuries, yeah. having a lack of minutes. Like if he had that, he'd still be at Brighton. He wouldn't be playing for us yeah. <laughs> because he, he does have that natural ability. And there's not many players like you say could do what he done against Hull, for example. Running past three, four, five players. Not a lot of players have that natural ability. It's, I can't name more than two or three in the past fifteen years that played for the, the Albin that, that can do something like that. Yeah, probably looking so, like Pereira, Kumas. Yeah, those that's of only, ones I, only ones I can think of really. Yeah. I think Doran's. I mean, he, to be honest, I actually thought Doran's actually showed some flashes of that in the championship. Yeah. Like, he, he's just oh, I think yeah. man, he's a phenomenal player. I think you got you talk Sarmiento. Um, there's clearly an abundance of talent in those boots. Loads of talent. You can tell he's full of talent. Is the brain full of intelligence? I'm not so sure. I mean, I think we said it in uh, one of our earlier podcasts that we read that he's has he got that IQ? I'm not sure, man. I mean, he showed a little bit better uh, against Saints to kind of pull it mm. up and put the bo- put the ball in the box where before it felt like he's going, you know, 100 miles an hour trying to beat players and stuff. Whereas he, you know, he's pulling up there and putting a, a ball to the back post and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think we'll see loads of him. I mean, I'm just looking at his profile. It's funny. He's, he's only played 31 senior club games. That's all he's got in his career, thirty-one, and that's obviously not like starts. That's appearances. So he's played thirteen times for Ecuador. So he's only played like less than twenty more times for a club than his nation. Um, but yeah, there's so much more to come from Sarmiento, and uh, I would like to see him and Fellows ideally um, on both wings. I feel like this is a scary prospect for for fullbacks. That I think the cup games will be key for that. I think yeah. get them both on there and get you know your DK on there as well and give Chalibur a lot more a good run in the cup as well. I think whilst they rotate with Moa and Yakushlu, um, get 
give the likes of like Taylor a good run out in the cup while semis away as well. So, you know, I think we've got to get the best out of Sarmiento to really give him a run of games. And that's the only way he's going to get any sort of... I mean, having a spine of Cedric, Moa, Swift and Sarmiento, it ain't bad. That ain't bad to me. I just think there's a lot of creativity in that. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we're going to lose Dean Garner, you know. But I personally want to see Sarmiento be given what, five, six games in a row. Just get him, get him some football, get him a good hour, hour 75 minutes a game. Just let him, let him play because I just think he's got such ability. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think... It, 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 sorry, it, it's when you, you see in the games at Brighton, I remember watching Brighton when I went to Arsenal last season and he play, he came on and played that game. And he's going past proven international players like Partey, Shaka, and he was just skinning boys see you later. He got an assist for like, I think he got an assist in that game as well when he come on. Like he was... He's brilliant. He's just give him that trust, and obviously the injury is a bit of a, a bit a bit of annoying for him. I can imagine he was probably getting into stride, and then that comes along, and he's like, "Oh, great!" But I think from January he's going to be key. He's going to be really key, just to replace the Dean Garner effect that we have from him at the moment. Mm. I think maybe his main drawback is probably his maturity on the ball. This sort of the, the the ball retention, as you said, like five or six times a game, he was coming on and he was always looking to beat the man. Where Carlos, I think, in his system, he wants a bit more safe. Maybe the, that was the effect of it when he first came in, but now I think he wants people to be a bit more adventurous with with Grady, give Grady more of a license to get forward. You see, fellows when he comes on, he's always, always looking for the, for that cross. Hopefully, this new system which Carlos has brought in suits Simon and Tell more. And gives him more of a license to get forward. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Mm. Right then, that's I've got some uh, quick fire questions for oh. you. <laughs> Here, we go. Here we go. So, John, if you want to give me your answer first, who's been your most impressive player this season? Kipper, I'd say Kipper. I'm going Kipper. It, it's go. It's just following on from. Do you know what? You've got to applaud him. After Blackburn, he was written off, and now he's come back, and he's just undroppable. First name on the sheet for me. 100%. 100%. Probably alongside Moat, I think he's first name, because he's key. He's key to a lot of progressive play that we do. Alf? Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd agree. I'd agree with you, John. Kipper. Um, but I won't give the same answer. I will not give the same answer. Oh. I'll give Moet because I, I put my hands up now. I hated Moet when he was with us before. Um, I, I was not that. his biggest fan at all. I remember the name uh, you used to call him. Yeah, we won't mention it. We won't mention <laughs> it. He, he, I've, I think he listens to the podcast, so we won't. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, Alex. Um, but he's. Um, I think it's it's the same story as Kipre, isn't it? Um, kind of like a comeback story. And uh, I think he's probably our most pivotal player. He's our most important player in relation to the system. So, yeah, I, I'd, uh, you know, 
good old Alex Mowat for me. I think <clears throat> I won't give the same answer. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with all your points. Right now, I'd, 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 I probably would go with Mowat as well, but I'd like to give a special mention to John Swift because mm. I, I know that yeah. myself and Alf, John, I'm not sure about yourself, but we, we did get quite frustrated with him at times. Yes. Last season, he, he didn't have the impact that we saw he did have at Reading. And he wasn't that influential player which pops up with goals and assists. And, and now he's that player. He's a, a top goal scorer. He's been out for five, six games. And he's just a completely, completely different player this season in that role that Carlos has created for him. Mm. I would agree with that, to be fair. I think. Uh, so, yeah. second question. Who's been your most disappointing player of the season? And I think I know Alfie's, <laughs> but John, let, let's hear yours first. Oh, that's a bugger, isn't it? <laughs> I'd say Furlong. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Oh. And what? I think that, that that's going to be quite a controversial yeah. one. <laughs> people probably, say, you know, people probably say, oh, why not Peters? Why not Townsend? You know, why not? You're Kushlu, you know, but I think Furlong hasn't had a great season. I don't know. I watch him and I just think he doesn't do enough for me in the defensive aspect of his game. He's okay going forward. I think he does enough. But and you know, he's got an absolute missile of a threat out of two arms, like but <laughs> but his defensive side barely when does the last time you saw him stop crosses? He doesn't. Every single cross comes from his side. Whereas Townsend, actually, to him, I think he stops crosses quite well. I think he he, he gets his position in right, whereas Furlong's too lackadaisical for me. I just think you've got to be on tight enough. You've got to be tight on them. Like You see Leicester's full-backs, they are yeah. on them. They don't let them cross. It's very hard to get them cross. The only reason why they lost, probably say, the league game, is because they've got Premier League wingers in Somerville, who's just unreal. Like, I, I'm classy. And yeah. that's why they scored. You know, they they were finding it very difficult to stop proper quality wingers. But in this division, you've got to do the basics. And Furlong for me does not do the basics. And it just annoys me every time someone goes down his side. He's all someone's always getting across. You know, I'm thinking that's the fundamental of a fullback is to stop a cross. I agree with that as well. Tall, yeah, it, that, that I think that was held in for quite a long time, wasn't it, John? You've been waiting to get that one out, mate. Do you feel better now? <laughs> We're all friends here. I don't think Darnell listens to the podcast, so it's all good. Oh, I um, yeah, I don't, I don't totally disagree with you, but I, my, my, uh, I can't remember what you called it, Brad, but my, you know, worst player, the most disappointing player of the season is Jed Wallace. Oh, because he's God. been crap. Um, oh, God, but, um, I forgot about him. Yeah, I thought you had. I was listing a few players. I was thinking, where's uh, Jedediah? Um, where's Big Jed? But they, it, leads, it leaves that for me. And um, listen. I did. I did, yeah. Mr. Wallace, our skipper. He's been, uh, he's uh, improved last uh, probably three or four games, I'd say. Um, he's improved and he's looking a lot better. Before that, absolutely crap, mate. I don't think there's any other way to put it. He was just trash. And that was in the middle or on the right. It was just, it was disappointing, especially because he's become a captain. 
And uh, obviously, you, we know how good he can be. Um, we saw that, you know, over six months or so at the start of last season, how good he can be. And you're just thinking, where is that player? Where is that player? But um, I'm hoping that he's he's kind of got his bad patch behind him. Um, I thought he was really good on Saturday, to be honest. Um, I think the thing with Jed is, for for our goal, you saw that cross he put in. That's where that man wants to be. He wants to be on the right side of that box, putting mm. crosses in. So, you know, um, hopefully, I really do hope we see more of him on the right as we get more strikers in and Swift comes back and uh, we see the best of Jed again because he's a great player on his day. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's all down to sort of Jed having bad performances. I think it's no. more so maybe the tactical side doesn't really suit him, the system doesn't suit him. Maybe the pressure of being made captain as well. I know he's quite strong mentally, but it's going to have an effect on him, I, I would say. Um I need to start asking questions to myself first because you both keep taking rants. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I, I worded it as disappointed because I would actually say Kylie Taylor. Okay. And I think before the season, um, season started, he was one of the players I looked at as maybe like not a replacement to O'Shea, but certainly in the personnel, he would have had more game time. And I can't remember exactly who he played against, but I think he was quite disappointing. And I really thought he would, this was his season there to come in. He had a really good season at Cheltenham last year. I thought he was going to come in and kick on, but he hasn't really done that. And we haven't seen him play. So I think, yeah, I would say that Taylor's probably the most disappointing player for, for me, but bar the likes mm. of Jed. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying, definitely. Yeah. Disappointing in, in the sense of not having the not having the chance to play rather yeah. than yeah. definitely. I think the problem is... If, it probably is probably going to be Wallace, 98% of the fans are going to say. I just think Carlos is at a bit of a stage where I've made him captain. I'm trying to fit him in as much as possible, but I think he's going to have to come to a terms now and say, look, I'm going to take you out for a couple of games. I want to give someone else a chance. And I think, I do think he has to do that soon because even though he has improved in the last few games, and he did provide the goal, provide the cross for the goal. I just think it doesn't do any much more. I don't know. He just, <laughs> he's a good presser. Don't get me wrong. He presses the ball quite yeah. well. But there's not a lot of else to his game apart from head down on the right run cross. But even there, you say he probably wants to be out wide on the right. But when he does start on the right, he doesn't really play as better as what he plays in the middle. Yeah. Or if he's on the left. There's too much of his game where he'll run, look down and not actually look up and see who's actually in. Whereas if you watch Dean Garner on the wing, it's more studied. He'll go, he won't put it in straight away and there'll be an element of, right, there's not enough bodies. Let me hold the play up. Let me have the overlap. Whereas Wallace will run, 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 cross in. and like, oh, There's no one in there. Well, what have you done that for? There's yeah. too much of that for me, I just think. Even I'll give it for a long, I just think Wallace probably would have been the other one as well. But yeah, <laughs> it's a shame. The last question I have for you both then, I think I, I know your answer, but um, who's been your most promising player of the season so far? Hmm. It's that difficult <laughs> question. <laughs> that was, that was, uh, <laughs> I thought, we froze then. 
three or four. There's three or four. I'd say. Fellows, I think. Yeah. He's come. He's. I think, I, he's, I think it has to be, doesn't it? Yeah. I think he's come from his loan, and he looks. He looks a player. Like he's taking people on, like they're there. But he's delivering it. He's not just head down, cross it without looking. He's. He's getting to the byline and actually putting in a good ball, which I think a player like DK would love. Like that's what he wants, DK. Yeah. When yeah. I'm in the box, I want a ball that's going to get on my head, and you know, we saw elements of that from Wallace. Like Sunderland away. He put an absolute pearler in which DK scored from. But when you've only got Asante in there, when he's like five foot five against Jake Cooper, who's like six seven, it's no <laughs> point doing that. Like, but that's why I think Fellows for me is going to be a great player. I, I think yeah. he'll get a new contract. I think that's going to get done. Touchwood, that you know, the takeover gets done, we'll give him a new contract. I think that that's what's going to happen. Because I think, I they, think won't, that, yeah. they won't do anything contract wise with any players until that's all sorted, which no. which would again. Well, it seems that way. Better. I mean, just just to go off topic a piece, this you think he'd keep players out of contract and Moats out of contract, and they've been some of our best players this season. Like, what's going on? But yeah, I think it'll be when we uh, get sorted out a little bit. To be honest, but which, uh, sounds, which is positive. Which is positive I've heard anyway. Oof. On the grave oh, point. Oh, on the grave point. Oh, God. From uh, Dude's Tweets, is he? Exclusive. No. <laughs> no. Uh, oh. There's um, several bits of him. We, well, we, we, we're waiting for it to come out. We, we're not saying anything official yet. <laughs> um, Alf, is any spanner in the works, or do you think you're going to go with fellows as um, well? As, as I'll, go, I'll go for someone different. Um, I'll say Dean Garner because in a, in a different sense, obviously we know what Dean Garner can bring, so there's not much promise to it, but he's uh, promising to get back to his best and I'm over the moon. So that's my answer. Yeah, I think we we do forget Brady's age sometimes yeah. as well, I think. I think you forget he's still only, what, 25, 26, something like that. Yeah. And He's coming into essentially his his prime, his best years. Yes, it's been disappointing, but he's still got years ahead of him. And if he can keep on this trajectory, hopefully that injury, he'll he's going to be a brilliant player. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's going to be, and he's going to be. But obviously, January is going to be a very interesting month because I don't know how it will work, whether or not. If it's not done by Jan and it has to take until next summer to get done, whether or not they say we might have to balance the books a bit here, lad. Which I don't think Carlos will be happy about, but I think you'll have to understand. No, and I think with with Grady's form as well, <clears throat> maybe his price tag has gone up a little bit now. You'd, 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 I'd you'd say so. so. You'd hope so and expect so. He won't be the only one that goes. I think he'll probably be willing to get let go for Santos probably as well. I think he'll be... Uh, are going to have to because he's another one that we could probably get about three, four million for and, you know, it's going to be going to have to go towards the money off the club. But obviously, this is if we don't get done by Jan. Yeah. Which, which we will. We, we will. We hope and we will. We hope and we will. Well, lads, I think that's all we have time for today, unfortunately. Um, yeah. It's been great talking to you both about this. Pleasure. And thank you for joining me again well thank you for listening everyone um we hope you enjoyed the special episode of the albion social the first of many 
And again, thank you for joining me, lads. Thank you very much, mate. And uh, we'll see you see soon. You